Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Kim Hopkins standing in for Dr. Ross Green, who is traveling today. It's time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. We do this radio program the first Tuesday of the month, September to May, at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We do our best to help you with your behaviorally challenging child, help you figure out what might be going on, and help you figure out some things that are hopefully going to work. Our call-in number is 347-994-2981. And make sure to press 1 so you join our caller queue. I'm joined by B-Team parent leaders, Jennifer and Stella, today. How are you both doing? Good morning. Excellent. Good morning. Good. Glad Happy to hear to be it. here. And, oh, good. Because I think we've got a busy morning. We've already got two callers. So, awesome. as Dr. Green likes to say, callers take precedence. So, we'll start over with our first caller here. Area code 617, you're on with us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Um, How can we be helpful today? You're welcome. So I have a, uh, I'd like your uh, ideas on um, techniques for for drilling, I guess. Um, so my son is 10, uh, and he is kind of classic ADHD. And, you know, oftentimes I might want to have a plan B conversation with him about something that happened at school or at his aftercare program. So um, the, all of the people who witnessed the situation or witnessed it on a daily basis aren't able to be in the conversation every time. So I think it's probably ideal for us all to be there um, but sometimes that just doesn't happen. So I might say, um, for example, so I heard from your teacher that um, or that you've been having difficulty working on the open-ended problems. And he might say, oh, I don't actually have any problem with that. <laughs> um, so, and then another example might be I heard from your teacher that you were having difficulty, you've been having difficulty sitting still during morning meeting. Well, and then he'll go into this really long story that I, I, I can't even follow. Like, person A told me to do this, and then I went and I did that, and then I came back, and then I did this other thing, and, and, and then I'm just completely lost. I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> so I have a hard time, like, A, if he says, oh, I didn't do it, or I don't have that problem, then I don't know where to go. And then if he, if he goes into this giant story that, like, because he can talk forever, then I'm like, well, I just give up because I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two very great questions. Um, Stella Absolutely. Or Jennifer, does either one of you want to start, or would you prefer me to start? Yeah, you know, I, I um, recall last year having an assignment um, with a geography teacher, my son in his first year of high school was given 
some sort of worksheet to work on at school, and this worksheet was causing him all sorts of explosions during the day. And when I would have him at home and I would try to drill it down, I w- he would just say, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. You know, so in in our own way, this was like what what your son was saying. I don't have a problem with that, you know. There's obviously something there, but I couldn't drill past. I don't want to talk about it. Um, and I uh, got to the point where I sat down with my son proactively and and said, you know, something's going on with this very specific worksheet at school, and I'm not there, and I can't have your teacher's plan B. So let's let's just break this down. What does that worksheet look like? And that's when he started saying things like, oh, the worksheet's not the problem. And, and it wasn't until I got my hands on the worksheet itself that I was able to drill down the problem um, with him without the teachers being there with me. And uh, so I don't know if maybe getting more specific about the open-ended question, if you could actually find out what the assignment is, how it's worded, if that would help drill mm-hmm. down a little bit. Because it, once I saw the worksheet, we were able to figure out that the problem was um, that the worksheet didn't have any instructions and my son had no guidance on how to even begin the worksheet. That's that's what I would recommend is find out what the open-ended assignment is and um, and work from there, at least for that that part of the drilling. Okay. And I would add to that um, the I don't have a problem with that response. Um, you know, it, it might not be a problem for him. <laughs> uh, and that would be okay. And, and, and that's really the beginning of his perspective. And, you know, so we might not have a concern, but he certainly has a perspective, and he certainly has a perspective about the conflict that might swirl around this unsolved problem. So maybe you could go at it that way, you know, um, thinking that's the beginning. I've got to start drilling now, you know, so you don't have a problem. Okay, fill me in. You know, what, what does that mean? You know, and, and just start there with, with uh, drilling strategies and go for his perspective, even if it's not a concern. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. All right. Those are good I, ideas. And I, and I, <laughs> I would say the same thing with the long story. Um, if he's just getting wordy with what he's saying, remind him that you would like it in in fragments so that you can empathize everything he has to say. So if he starts into a story, well, the sky was purple and the wind was blowing from the north and the dogs were barking and I whoa, 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 hang on a second. Let's take it. Let's take it one thing at a time. And for me, I have to write things down so that I can then repeat it back to make sure I got the story right. So I'll just say, okay, hang on. So the sky was purple. I heard you say the sky was purple. And at that point, if I don't understand, that's when I'll start the drilling. Well, tell me, before you go on, tell me about what the issue is with the sky being purple. You know, and then I'll drill down some of the fragments that I feel like I truly would like further clarification on. So I slow, I slow him down, and I write things down for myself and ask myself, is this, a, is this a fragment that I understand fully, or would I like further clarification? Yeah, because it often ends up in this kind of, well, he said, she said 
situation, sure. and yeah. then I don't know. I mean, I, I believe that there's a lagging skill underneath all of this and some sort of un, unsolved problem, even though it's likely a problem that maybe only ever occurred once, and that specific <laughs> problem isn't specifically repeatable, but I believe that it's probably very similar to many situations. Um, yeah. So I think it's worth finding out more about because that solution might be applicable across these kind of ad hoc things frequently, but it does end up being this kind of, well, he said this and I said that, and then we didn't, I did that. And I didn't, I don't know why she was so mean. The teacher was mean and I didn't do that on the playground and it's not my fault. I would say that with school, it's always so hard because you're not there. But I found that in our house, what helped me was to get as much information as possible from the school, um, including, as Stella was saying, you know, if if it's a problem with a specific assignment, I need to see the assignment. I need to know what it is that, you know, tell me, find out as much as you can but then in the conversation with your son, um, don't put, I think that even perhaps when you're phrasing your, your, your question at the beginning, uh, if you start off with, I heard from your teacher that with my son, that would immediately put him on the defensive. Because yeah. immediately it's, you know, well, she told you something and that isn't true. And I don't, you know, immediately, the minute that I would say that, that would, that would pretty much shut down the conversation. So I would have to start the conversation with something like, hey, um, I heard that maybe you're having a little bit of a, of a problem today with, you know, open-ended questions in math or some whatever it is, but not to bring the teacher into it. And, to, you know, he'll say, sometimes I'll get, why, what did you hear? Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I, so I learned that I, what I had to say is, well, I heard some stuff from them, but I really want to hear from you. Not bring any of what I heard from them into it until later, just so that that I'm getting from him what his perception is, because his perception is always going to be very different from the teacher's perception or the other kid's perception. And he needs to know that you're coming into this on his side. We want to solve this for you, so let's figure out what your problem is, not what your teacher's problem is, not what the other kid's problem is, but what your problem is. And that, you know, having him feel like that was the conversation that we were having made a huge difference. Yeah. Um, It's interesting because... And all I would add... Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) I I was just going to say, all I would add is that making sure you're starting with a really specific unsolved problem so that you can always reflect on how is what I'm hearing, 
helping me understand this, and if, if it's confusing, you can say so. Like, how does that relate to, and then repeat the specific unsolved problem, particularly when you're at the disadvantage of not witnessing the unsolved problem, um, for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. it does. It's very slippery slope because if, 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 um, if my husband's part of this conversation and he's more plan A and my, and my son start goes into this, <laughs> well, that's not my pro. I didn't do it. And lot, then yeah. my husband will go, well, you never take responsibility for anything. It's <laughs> never uh, your fault. Okay, yes. <laughs> and yeah. then I'm like, Oh no, now we're, now we're gone. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you have to take responsibility for your actions and no, you never do anything wrong. Do you? And then I'm like, ah! Yeah. Well, it's interesting that <laughs> yeah, you bring I, up that dynamic because uh, we have another caller that we're going to get to, and then if we have time, we were going to talk about this uh, dynamic of co-parenting that seems to be a really hot topic lately uh, on our B team on Facebook. And um, so maybe hopefully you can stick around and listen and, and uh, yeah. yeah, and join us for that part. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I will do that. Thank you right. very much well, for your for time. Thank you for calling in, and, and yeah. certainly feel free to call us back on a, on a future episode and let us know how things are going. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. You. Okay. Now we have a caller from area code 906. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Hi. I thanks a- for waiting. and. <laughs> I have kind of a similar type of question here. Um, I thought it, maybe you could help me with the concept of whining and complaining. Um, I'm sort of early stages here. I've read the books. I've completed the walking tour and the Facebook. I've made some initial attempts at Plan B. I don't think I've quite got it down right yet. Um, and kind of wondering. How, how, what to do with whining and complaining? I'm, I'm sort of going through this whole lens change and thinking, you know, really that's that is communication. Um, but I, I find myself tuning it out a lot. Um, and do you address it as it comes up? Um, you know, even if you're not in a plan B, is that maybe an opportunity to practice drilling? Um, and maybe you could model that what that would look like if it is, or what what what, what could you add here? Sure, um, <laughs> Bella, Jennifer, you want to tackle it, or do you want me to jump in? Go ahead, um, one of y'all. <laughs> well, I I I guess you know it would depend on what it is that's causing the whining and complaining. Um, you know, sometimes I think tuning it out is perfectly acceptable. <laughs> uh, but if, you know, obviously your kid is, is trying to tell you something there. Um, right. And, and I, I thought maybe I'd just add here, um, you know, she is on the spectrum, and I think she's really good. Um, she's not really good at processing questions. Okay. So her expressive language skills are much higher than her receptive language skills. Okay. Yeah. You know, which is sort of what's making me sort of pausing here, thinking, you know, I really have to accept the communication I'm getting because. Yeah. 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 Well, and and what you can do is, you know, whatever it is that she's, 
you know, whining about it at the time. If it's, you know, that she doesn't like the options you've given her for a snack or whatever, say, this seems to be bothering you. Tell me about it. Mm -hmm. And, and just, you know, open that door to share more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the more that the more that you can create that that line of communication, the easier your Plan B conversations will go. Um, and as far as as the whining and complaining, I know that it can just grate on your last nerve and make you want to stick forks in your eyeballs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's it's moments like that when I'm starting to feel sort of that that heat in the back of my neck, and that. I start to repeat my mantra, and I don't know if you're on the B team, but I know I've mentioned this in there a whole bunch of times. My mantra with my son is he's not giving me a hard time. He's having a hard time. He's having a hard time, yeah. And I repeat that to myself. Sometimes, some days I repeat it from our first interaction to our last interaction all day long. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it just, it, it, so that I put myself into the right frame of mind because I know that if I come into a conversation, even if I sound, if I think I sound like I'm being reasonable, if he hears annoyance in my voice, it just yep. makes it that much worse. So yep, I'll yeah. try and limit my words. <laughs> I, you know, I, so I'll say, you're having a really hard time with that. Tell me more. Yeah. And, you know, Less from me, more from him always seems to be the best approach in that moment. You know, I would add, um, my son is on the spectrum, and he gets into these repetitive circles with mm-hmm. his um, mm-hmm. frustration, with his lack, for, lack of, for lack of a better word, complaining. Um, and, you know, it, whether it's whining or just sentences mm-hmm. that escalate him, and, and it just goes, in circular motion, um, sometimes yes. to with, without end. Um, and several yes. years ago, right after we had just started um, utilizing the um, the model, the CPS model, um, he at one point um, said to me, "Is during one of these circular kind of Plan B like attempts on my part early on." Um, he said, Mom, I really, right now, I don't want solutions. I just want you to hear me. I just want empathy. And so at, that's when we developed this little thing that we now at home call Empathy Corner. We have a sectional couch, and he sits on one side and I sit on the other. And I established a few little um, guidelines for Empathy Corner. It's just straight-up empathy. There is no solution to be had. It just gives him a chance to dump out, as he calls it, his bucket. And, mm-hmm. um, and the guideline is once you articulate a concern, unless I want to drill it down a little bit further to understand it better, that concern is out of the bucket and we don't go back to it. You need to bring up mm-hmm. another concern if there is one. And so sometimes Empathy Corner is literally one or two things that he says and I mm-hmm. straight up empathize it, and then he says, well, my bucket's empty, so I'm all done, and he walks away, and he's a happy camper. Other times, it goes on and on and on, and <laughs> I, I um, just offer that because sometimes he just needs to feel heard, 
some, you know, and this mm-hmm. might, this kind of strategy might work for your daughter and, mm-hmm. um, and uh, just give her an outlet to dump out the stuff that she's holding onto in a free place without having to worry about, well, now let's think of solutions, you know, mm-hmm. um, which might come later. Um, yeah. But let me tell you, when we started Empathy Corner, there were some night times that he was keeping himself up so late um, that once we started this, he would come out of bed and say, I need empathy corner. He'd say his concern, give us a kiss and turn around and go to bed and have a great night's sleep. So, um, mm. and I haven't brought up empathy corner at home in the last couple of weeks. So I'm really grateful for your call because I think I need to reinstate empathy corner. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I'm laughing because we do something similar in my house, but you have a much nicer name for it. We call it complaint time. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. It's just I need some complaint time. <laughs> and it's a similar yeah. thing. It's I don't I don't want you to try and fix this for me. I don't want you to try and tell me how I can make it better. I just need you to hear me complain. <laughs> yeah. 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 And sometimes that is all anybody needs. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, my daughter has a sense of humor, so I, I think maybe we can sort of employ that a little bit, you know, the, the, uh, you know, kind of come come with a fun metaphor or something of, of what we're trying to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Give, well, uh, giving and, her, you know, to, to, oh, no, go right ahead. Stella. Go ahead. No, no, no. I just think give her ownership of of yeah. what this is. What do you what do you want to call it? My, I have a friend yeah. that calls this complaint time I have a friend that calls it empathy corner should we should we call it our own thing yeah (laughs) yeah I think she'd like that okay cool and all I would add is that you know we talk about CPS as being um, an upstream model and focusing on um, problems and when Mm -hmm. kids are downstream or in the water that's when they're in their behavior and whining and complaining although it's not Uh awful in terms of the spectrum of looking bad and what kids can look like when they go downstream. She is in the water at that point. And so, okay. um, you know, so in, and, you know, there is an emergency application to plan B. And, and I think that Jennifer talked about that quite a bit as far as trying to figure out you're having a hard time right now, what's going on, fill me in, knowing mm-hmm. that if they're in the water, they're not going to necessarily be able to, she's not going to necessarily be able to have all the words that she might have otherwise to be able to describe what's mm-hmm. happening. It's, you know, emergency B is to try to get them back to baseline and out of the water, as opposed to doing all the skills teaching that we hope to happen when you do proactive plan B. So, you know, I just mm-hmm. want to make a plug that your best bet is to collect your observations of those times when she is in the water whining and complaining what's happening before that, get them down mm-hmm. on your alpha, you know, so that you can get proactive. And if you if you see that every time you have chicken for dinner, she whines and complains, you can put, you know, when we have something for dinner you don't like on the alpha, that's difficult for her. And then you can uh, you can talk about that when it's not dinner time, you know, and, and get as proactive mm-hmm. as possible. So the idea is, is to prevent the whining and complaining from happening by um, giving her some strategies to solve some problems. Yeah. 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 And sometimes I find too that I will actually say something to him at the time if he's upset about something and, you know, he'll unload some of that 
And then I'll say to him, wow, that sounds like something we really need to work on. How about if, you know, within the next couple of days, we talk about that in more detail. And then he knows that we're going to have the conversation, but he also knows that he doesn't have to have it right now. And sometimes that's really important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, right now I think she's, you know, I've talked to her a little bit about, you know, what this is sort of where where I'm trying to get with this, you know, some of these little mini conversations we've been having. Um, And I think she's pretty wary of it. Um, but you know, I you know I'm kind of waiting for that first really good Plan B conversation that actually works towards a solution for us. But um, okay, well, we have every well. confidence that you'll get there. And please call back <laughs> in and let us know how you're doing. Okay, thank you very much. All right, thank, thank you. For thank you. We have another caller waiting wow. to talk with us here. <laughs> Area code seven oh two, you're on. Good morning. I think that's me. Yes, it's you. <laughs> okay. Um we're just learning about this. Um we're trying to get the lens change, you know. Um our son is pretty out of control about everything, pretty much it feels like. Um <laughs> But I've been hearing about the Plan C, and I'm on the B Team Facebook group. And um, they were talking about um, Plan C, and I'm my husband's really having a hard time with the lens change, so he's having a hard time thinking of Plan C, and that he's confused about like how if we ask our son to do something and he doesn't do it, and we just drop the expectation that he's just gonna run away with it and go to extremes and do all kinds of things because he knows he can just do whatever he wants. <laughs> We're chuckling oh, for sure. because we've all been there. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes and sometimes we are still there even after yep. <laughs> getting really, really good at using the model. So um my my initial response without um drilling down your scenario a little bit more. First, thank you so much for calling in um, and and for being a part of the the B team on Facebook. But my initial response is, listen, it is hard. It's certainly not the way I was raised. It's not the way my husband was raised. It's not the way I see anybody in my village raising their individuals. Um, But the realization that um, I was, actually creating a rift in trust between myself and this child that is my responsibility by forcing him to doing the things that we expected him to do in the way we expected him to do it, um, you know, that, that became the deal breaker for me. And when I found this model, I was able to change my lens by reminding myself not he the traditional parenting way the way that I was brought up the way that my husband was brought up has not worked and we need to try something new and give it time to to help him learn it um and it really did begin in small pieces to make a difference 
the, the letting go of expectations, when you, you have to add that little tag to it for now. You know, so it's not that you're just going to let it go and the child's going to run amok. You're, you're spending some time with your spouse prioritizing what, what is, what, where are we going to start? Um, and the other things get let go, yes, but especially if you can start keeping a journal of the things that you've let go so that as you start getting better at using the model and you utilize the LSEP, you can get back those things that you let go. Um, and, and we also, from the very beginning, I, I would say out loud, I'm going to let this one go for now because we're working on something else with you. I know this has happened. So we're going to let it go for now. And um, pretty, pretty soon thereafter, my son actually started picking up on that where he, in the middle of an explosion, would, had the foresight to say, you know what, I'm going to let this go. This one I can let go. Um, and once I heard him use that language, I thought, okay, this is good. But it's, it's not easy, not with the pressure of everybody. Yeah. Um, so do you not have boundaries then, really? Oh no, there are boundaries. I there are there are boundaries, but I also know that in the heat of the moment, nothing can get accomplished. So if we're so, already um, in the heat of yeah, if we're already in the heat of the moment, um, I'm I'm completely aware of the fact that nothing can nothing can be learned that instant. So I have to diffuse, de-escalate, and keep everybody safe. And then I backtrack, and, and like him said with the, with the previous caller, you know, we're already far down the river at that point. I, I kind of take my thoughts upstream, and I think, okay, what, what's upstream of this? What's the unsolved problem that got in the way? What was my part of agitating this? What was his part of agitating this? Um, when, when he's out of the heat of the moment, how does this fit into the unsolved problem that I'm concentrating on right now? You know, what skill needs to be worked on here? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that's where the analysis kind of begins. And so, um, like, if he's that, out, of, out of control and, like, going to break, break something, like, what do we do if we're, like, planning and trying to, like help him get down from that constant fight-flight mode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We can't obviously let him, like, break our TV, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. Oh, we've got holes in the wall, and I've, you know, I've been hit. I can't tell you (laughs) how hard. And, um, (laughs) you know, but it's, when it's destructive, it's very, very difficult to not just flip out and use very aggressive and, and strict language. Um, but, you know, like, like Jennifer said, again, and she says it on, on the B team all the time, it's, you have to go to that mantra of he's not giving you a hard time, he's having a hard time. Um, and whatever you can do to model keeping yourself calm. For my son, it's taking slow, deep breaths. That's the first step towards, Mm-hmm. coming down off of that heat of the moment. And he's also very, gotten very good over the years of saying, 
oh, no, that doesn't work for me. I'm going to take very fast breaths <laughs> right in the heat of the moment, you know. And so um, I just keep reminding him, so like, find your tools. I'm using the tools that work for me to just come down a little bit so we can, we can get calm and we can talk later. Find your tools. And, um, you know, uh, and for every, for every kid, that's going to that's gonna be a little different. Kim, you were going to say something? And that's a conversation that you can have when things aren't in the heat of the moment. Say, hey, listen, you know, yesterday you got really upset and it was, and, and it was hard for you right there and it was hard for me because I didn't know what to do to help you. So let's talk about some ways that I could help you that won't make you feel worse next time. Because sometimes if I try to do something that I think is going to help, it just makes you more upset. And see if he has any suggestions. And if he doesn't have any suggestions, then, you know, you can make some um, and see how he feels about them. Uh, How old is your son? He is 12. He's 12. Okay. So he's... I feel like he's like a four-year-old, like (laughs) mentally, like in the way he handles everything. He's really intelligent, but he's like mentally, emotionally, he's like a four-year-old. Oh, I I had a kid like that. Thankfully, he's not that way anymore. Um, And especially in the beginning, I finally actually had to sit down with him. And, you know, he was uh, 10 when I finally started using CPS in earnest. And I sat down with him and I said, listen, things have been really hard here. And I want to tell you about what I've been learning to try and make things easier in our house and better for all of us. And I sort of gave him a short version of what the different plans were and talked about, you know, when, when things, when things get start to get heated between us and when I've asked you to do something that you can't do, then I can choose, we can choose to react in several different ways and we can plan A it. And I explained plan A. I said, or we can plan B it. And I explained plan B. I said, or we can plan C it. And I explained plan C. And I said, what I hope is that over time we can do pretty much everything as plan B. Um, he still will say to me sometimes, Mom, can we just plan C this for right now? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but in the beginning, That's what it took for him to have any kind of buy-in because he was very wary. He didn't believe that I wasn't going to be mad at him, especially because it was a much slower transition for my husband than it was for me. And so he was getting mixed messages from the two of us. Um, But it took a lot of reminding and a lot of just, flat-out empathy. And sometimes I think if you think of Plan C not as, as you know, letting go of your expectations, but as Plan C as the longest empathy step from Plan B that you could possibly be involved in. 
you know, yeah. your, your plan, seeing it so that you can gather information so that you can help him, you know, you can figure out what's setting him off. You can see where the problems come from in that process of plan seeing that's all information that when you get around to the point where you can plan B, whatever that unsolved problem is, you've gathered information in your plan C. Okay. <clears throat> when I learned the model about let's see, 15, 16 years ago now, I was working, I was not a mother, and I was working in residential care with adolescents, um, the toughest of the tough. Uh, many of them had been to jail and psychiatric hospitals and all that. They definitely went downstream with their behavior big in style, you know. And um, it wasn't until we stopped trying to force them to do things and we stopped viewing them as lacking motivation and instead believed that they lacked skills and they actually had motivation, but it was long, it was long buried because they'd been misunderstood for so long that we started to see a change. And there, there just is no magic. There is, you know, a kid who can't adjust to plan A um, and doesn't have the skills to adjust to plan A, there is no magic to get all your expectations taken care of tomorrow, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, wish, I certainly wish there was. Um, so, so making sure you have, you guys have come together, you and your husband, to really figure out using that out of, what are the times that are predictably and reliably going to cause trouble? You know, use the lagging skills as your springboard to coming up with those examples. Then you've got it all down. Maybe you have 45 on there. That's not uncommon. <laughs> and then you can be strategic, like was already mentioned, in figuring out what are you going to work on first because you can't do it all at once. And Plan C is really useful and I think probably feels best to us when it's proactive and we're able to take a look at that list and know what we're not working on and either actively decide not to bring it up for now or we make a Band-Aid plan that sort of circumvents the issue just to keep things calm because there are two or three things that you are actively working on with Plan B. And when those get taken care of and are solved, you will then go back to your list and take move some things out of Plan C to Plan B. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the cadence of the process. I'd also mention that in the heat of the moment, Plan C is not your only option. You do have emergency B, you know, and, and that is basically saying, I see you're having a hard time right now, and a lot of reassurance that you're not doing Plan A. You know, buddy, I know in the past I might have made you or tried to make you do this. I'm not doing that right now. I want you to know that because fearing a Plan A response and fearing that they're going to be made to do something pushes kids farther down the, down the water. So you <laughs> yeah. say, I, I, you know, I get you've got something going on. This is something we need to figure out together. If you can tell me about it, great. If you can't, that's okay, too. And I want you to know I'm not, I'm not forcing you. I'm not going to make you. I'm just, you know, I'd love to understand what's hard right now. Yeah. Boy, Kim, you said a great, like, bumper sticker quote. I think we need a, a B-team T-shirt. And I might, be, I might not have written it down correctly. You said, there is just no magic to get their expectations solved for tomorrow. <laughs> but it's, or, That's I, true. I think I'll, have to, I'll, have to, I'll have to re-listen and get the exact wording. But, you know, um, it, it, I think sometimes 
when you start implementing the model, it does feel like a magic pill. And I know I certainly have fallen prey to just blind faith and, oh, it's all fixed. And then all of a sudden, it's a reminder that, no, these are skills that are going to take longer than one or two conversations or just a couple of tries. Um, and, yeah, and these, these are kids that are highly aware that they're not, they're not matching the expectation of the people around them. And um, that makes them even more vulnerable and more susceptible and more uncomfortable. So yes. I really... Stay the course, and uh, and keep in touch with us through Facebook and here in the in the program, and um, do little bits at a time, and find the mantra that works for you and f- and for your spouse. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks Good for luck. calling in. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have a couple minutes left here, and two of our calls at least today touched on the topic that I know we were talking about wanting to have time to discuss, which is, you know, what if, what if your co-parent's not on board with the model or hasn't experienced a lens change yet? What do you do then? Um, I might just pick this conversation off by saying um, we're pretty repetitive, but we always say go back to the model because your co-parent has concerns too. And so yep. trying to understand what those are. Sometimes it's worried that, well, the world's not going to do plan B with our child. What then? You know, and having that discussion <laughs> that that's not what this is about. This is about equipping skills with the kids with skills to handle the plan A that the world might throw at them and taking a hard look at, you know, as adults, we actually don't rely on our skills to adjust to plan A that often. We more often rely on our skills to solve problems, you know. But it could be that adults are, that co-parents are worried that their concerns won't get addressed. Um, And so they could have a variety of concerns. So going back to the model to really try to understand what the co-parents' worries are and make sure that they get addressed. Um, What have you guys been seeing on the B team along this thread that we want to get to today? Not just on the B team, in my own living room. <laughs> There's that too, right? There's that too. Yeah. I, well, you know, and I, I have to say, if I am completely honest, and I, I know that I've posted a couple of times um, in, the, in the B team, I am a champ at following the CPS model with my son. I 100% suck at using it with grown-ups around me I lose it I go completely plan A on my husband I go I went just completely plan A on the school district went last year when things were just falling apart I I, I strive to apply the model to grown-ups but I just once I know that the people around me understand that my son is lacking the skills to, to be able to to handle the expectations thrown his way, I, I don't get it why the, the grown-ups don't immediately get that and I lose faith. So I have a lot of grown-up CPS work to do. That's my, that's my uh, <laughs> confession. Jennifer? Yeah. Well, and I think that I was talking about this with someone the other day about the fact that once your lenses change, once you can look at that kid and see 
he's not giving me a hard time. He's having a hard time. This kid is struggling. He's, he's not, he's misunderstood. He's been forced to do all this stuff that he can't do. He feels lousy about himself. You know, all of those things. It's very, very difficult to go backwards into a place where you don't see that. And I, I often say you can't plan A someone into plan B, that you can't force a lens change on someone else. They have to have that lens change on their own. And there's, you know, just like there's no magic that makes your expectations get met for your kids, there's no magic that suddenly makes the people around you see it. So it, it, and it can be very, very hard to have empathy for someone who's just not seeing what you see about your child. Yeah. But there's I sure another can, you know what? I know. And I have a feeling that this is a much bigger topic because we only have about 20 seconds left than we can <laughs> take on today, but we can certainly bring it back up next time for sure. Right. <laughs> because I think there's a lot more to it and it's a very popular topic for sure. Yes. Mm. <laughs> um, I want to thank everyone who called in today and thank our two uh, parent leaders for joining us. We'll be back next month with another episode of Parenting Your Child and Child. Be sure to listen to us then. Bye. Bye. Bye.